It is a Friday, December the 2nd, 2022. How did we get to the end of this year already? I do not know. I can't explain it, but it's summer, so that's good. Uh, this is what's on my mind. I uh, thought I'd just do a little recap on what's been on the podcast this week because it has been a fun week. We started off the week with Laura Bolton from Cassette in Melbourne, a zero waste cafe. And yeah, it was really great to talk to Laura, super inspiring the way that um, she conceives her menu completely around the idea of ending up with no waste. I just love it. Uh, the food there is delicious. Um, go check it out if you can. Uh, next up was Dr. Rebecca Lindberg. We spoke with her about uh, food security and some of the issues around that. Um, I mean, there are so many. It's so distressing to think that anybody struggles to get food on the table. Um, the project that Rebecca's the co-chair of is the Community Grocer uh, in Melbourne, which has a few different sites that gets um, food that's more affordable, uh, culturally sensitive and appropriate to people who are not finding it um, the easiest to feed themselves. So I was really, really loved that chat. Uh, and then we wrapped up yesterday with um, Paolo Inglesi from the University of Palermo. Uh, Paolo is like a horticulturist, a food academic, and we had a really interesting chat around all kinds of things, including national cuisines, which, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that chat too. Um, so uh, I thought I'd um, share a couple of things that I've written recently. Uh, the biggest one was a cafe guide to Melbourne. The whole idea of doing a cafe guide to Melbourne is preposterous because there are thousands of cafes. Obviously, I didn't visit them all, so it's not really a top 20 list, but more a survey of some of the cafes that stand out to me as emblematic, representative, definitely high quality, but doing really interesting things in cafe land. Um, I don't know which ones to highlight, but just what sprang into my mind right now was uh, St. Zeta's, a tiny little cafe in Glen Huntley, which um, is run by C.L. Chen, who's from Malaysia. She's had a dream of opening a cafe since she was nine and finally fulfilled her dream in a really modest handcrafted space where she does Aussie cafe classics plus um, Malaysian dishes, rice dishes, um, yeah, it, noodles. It's it's really, really cool. I, I love the fact that I think cafes, perhaps more than restaurants, just because of a, a lower investment, are places where people can really try out ideas, uh, be creative and nestle into a community. I suppose cafes really are those touch points for people in their week um, more than more than a restaurant which someone might go to you know once in their life cafes are places that people go back and back to so there's definitely perhaps a closer engagement with what people are looking for and in that sense perhaps cafes are more representative than restaurants of what people want to eat right now anyway it's just a little theory we can throw around 
<laughs> happy I might happy for you to disagree and in fact I might even disagree with myself on that five in five minutes but um yeah I love thinking about stuff like that so I've been eating out a lot as usual and thought I would talk through a few of my recent meals one of the highlights of the past few weeks was a Greg Maloof dinner at O'Connell's in South Melbourne so Greg Maloof uh, I suppose one of the real um, generators and founders of Australia's modern Middle Eastern cuisine. He's now living in the Middle East and has been for, I don't know, I don't want to say like eight or 10 years uh, where he's doing a lot of consulting and um, yeah, taking his beautiful brand of Middle Eastern food, I suppose, back to where it originated. Uh, But it was amazing to uh, eat a 10 or was it 50 course meal at O'Connell's with some of his classic dishes and new ones as well. One of the dishes that really stood out for me was an oyster that was topped with Lebanese sausage. So a spicy little, little nuggety sausage. Um, And then there was phyllo pastry that was sort of underneath it all. So it was kind of, a bit of a surf and turf wrap, but the flavours were so, I don't know, so layered and sophisticated and spicy and briny. It was, yeah, really, in a way, quite simple, but really thoughtful dish. And yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed with hummus and Greg's hummus is incredible. Um, It was topped with lentils like really nutty little lentils and yeah I love that double pulse action everything was good um I popped into Entrecot recently uh just planning to have one drink with a friend and it turned into a little bit of a snacky dinner that is a great example of a restaurant that creates its own world so Entrecote moved from South Yarra to Paran. It's on Greville Street in an enormous site that's been a number of different restaurants over the years. Um, Fog was one that stuck around for a while. So it's a big space, but it is, uh, it's just like you're, if you wrote down all the things you might dream about finding in a restaurant in Paris, they're there. So there's there's a grand piano, there's um, chandeliers, there's beautiful people, uh, there's dainty bites, almost a bit retro, like there's volavant and steak tartare and, of course, oysters and, of course, champagne. Um, it's, a, it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really complete experience, very themed, very fun, not cheap, but I think you can see the the value there like it's just it's just a real fun expression and the kind of place that when I go there it makes me fall in love with restaurants all over again just simply because of how they can be such specific and generous fantasies uh I went to a scarf dinner during the week. So SCARF is a social enterprise that trains people facing barriers to employment in front of house. Uh, They're mentored and trained through that experience. And I think one thing that it does is make you appreciate the incredible depth and range of skills that go into great service uh, simply through watching people who are grappling with those. Um, they're sort of at the beginning of that journey. Uh, so it's it's more about, you know, to go there, you're a diner, you're a guinea pig for the staff to take your order and put down the cutlery and clear the plates and all that. The food is 
is always good. Um, this season was at Liminal, which is a cafe owned by the same group that's got Hazel and Dessous just at, on Flinders Lane. And Liminal is the cafe in the um, in the office building that's behind those restaurants. It's a really good place for meetings and tapping away at your laptop during the day. And it's lovely to see the space being used at night for an event such as this. So scarf dinners, they run each season. Look out for them. They're really great. Another way of doing good as you're dining is to tap into Dine Smart, which is run by Street Smart. It's their 20th anniversary this year. There are so many restaurants uh, around Melbourne, um, and I realise this is very Melbourne-ish, um, but I was in Adelaide last time I did one of these, so come on, guys. I'd love to hear about other cities that are doing really cool um interesting things like this. But DineSmart gives you the opportunity to add a donation to your bill at many participating restaurants and those funds go towards uh, creating vocational pathways for people facing barriers to employment. So that might be refugees or long-term unemployed or at-risk youth, disadvantaged women. Um, it's a really great program to look out for. So DineSmart run by StreetSmart. Uh, I went around the place with my co-author Hamed Aliari signing books, um, our book Salamati. Well, it's his book really, but I helped him write it. So Salamati, um, Hamed's journey through Persian food. It's in all great bookshops all around the country and even in the US and the UK, uh, which is very exciting. But as Hamed and I were driving around signing books at different bookstores, we were reflecting on just the amazing journey of a book you know there are dishes that Hamed grew up with that he learned to cook when he was starting out as a chef um that he's now brought to Australia written down put in a book and then people buy that book and take it home or give it as a gift yes it's a great Christmas gift uh they cook those dishes and then they they eat them and even though that is a very normal thing to happen these days I just think it's nice to reflect on some uh, so thing, things that can seem quite mundane but are actually pretty amazing that this little boy ate a soup in a f in his apartment in Tehran and now people are making it in their kitchens in, in Sydney and Brisbane and LA. It's really quite a journey. Uh, speaking of food and journeys, um, coming up on Dirty Linen soon, we are going to do a bit of a focus on Lee Tran Lam's uh, anthology of um, new, vo new Voices on Food, Past, Present, Future. It's the second volume in the New Voices on Food book series presented by the Diversity in Food Media Collective. So I'm excited to present that to you very soon on the show and it's yeah great stories uh new voices it's yeah if food is about anything it should be about diversity and difference so i'm looking forward to celebrating that with a particular focus um I was on ABC Radio last week co-hosting the Conversation Hour and we had a chat about uh, food delivery apps. Deliveroo, of course, has recently departed Australia with little fanfare and a lot of anguish. Um, but there's, our conversation w was a bit broader than Deliveroo. It was, we spoke to a couple of researchers, including one who'd done a very long survey on use of food delivery apps and one thing that he came up with was 
that there's a lot of guilt and shame associated with getting food to your door in this way because I think people are generally aware that, you know, sometimes the conditions are not great that some of these riders um, work under, but, you know, they still want their pistachio ice cream at 9pm. Um but yeah, they don't feel great about it and that some people are leaving the apps um, because of their own ethical concerns. So I think it's a really interesting conversation. I don't think delivery is going anywhere, but I think the models um, that underpin it are perhaps shifting and changing, which I think is a good thing. I suppose it's just part of that bigger conversation that we need to keep having around value and what things cost and where um, who's rewarded along the supply chain uh, and how fair it all is. Uh, they're enormous questions, um, but, yeah, there's no bad time to grapple with them. Speaking of tricky things to grapple with, um, I recently just uh, came upon some stats from Agriculture Victoria that was trying to put some metrics around the recent floods. And there's been floods, you know, um, all around, the, all up and down the East Coast. So, yeah, these this devastation would be replicated on different scales in different places. But some of the ones that stood out for me, livestock deaths, 11,261, fencing damaged, 10,480 kilometres, hay or silage destroyed, 126,844 tonnes, stored grain lost, 4,649 tonnes, pasture lost in hectares, 134,610 it goes on, uh, you know, perished beehives, 975, honey flow losses, 208 tonnes. I mean, I think, you know, it's sunny as I look outside now. The floods are this thing that you experience to some degree, but you also see on the news. It's a, it's, it's a story, but it's, it's much more than a story. It's reality. And I think as we um, grapple with a changing climate, uh, we know these events are going to become more frequent. Yeah, what are we, what are we going to do? This is, you know, actual food and potential food that is lost out of our, uh, out of our systems. Um, obviously, there's enormous financial impacts, personal impacts, mental health impacts. Um, I think it's something. It's not fun to look at, but nor can we look away. Uh, let's. Uh, finish on a little bit of a more positive note which is that cherries are on the way the season is delayed because yes again rain but i love cherry season cherries and christmas they go together like milk and tea for me um so it's a couple of weeks up um yeah a couple of weeks delay which means we're going to be getting cherries towards the end of november but we're going to get a longer season because of that which is very exciting so i'm seeing myself sitting on the beach eating cherries and I'm very excited by that vision uh, I hope you love cherries as much as I do I hope they are sweet and juicy crunchy pops of just red deliciousness um, next week I am going to do something a little bit different uh, next Friday I'm planning to do a dirty linen gift guide so if you have things or you know of things that you should think should be on that gift guide let me know I would love to hear about them and share them all right I hope you are having a great Friday I wish you a delicious weekend 
stay safe, be kind, smile heaps, drink big, and I will see you next week. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.